and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Anna. And I'm Kayleen. And we're Entrepreneurs, a podcast about two gay idiots owning and operating their own businesses during the midst of end stage capitalism. Hello, welcome hello. Back, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We have a guest in the house, Megan Plotka. Hey, yeah. yeah. Hey, bud. Hi. My former neighbor. I know. I miss <laughs> the piety days. Yeah, the, uh, so good. <laughs> We're about. I'm about to get. I'm that unit's turning over again. Again, We're about to get new neighbors mm-hmm. at the end of yeah. Another group of the gay current, girls. I hope. I really hope. <laughs> I feel like because I'm the rotating. because the the rowdy the rowdy um like teenagers early twenties kids were a a time, and then this guy the guy who lives there now is like living alone and I think going a little. Where's your head? Yeah. Where's your head? Yeah. Where's your head? Yeah. Some. uh, Yeah. So. Yeah. I hope it's some nice, friendly lesbians. Some nice, friendly, clean, quiet lesbians. (laughs) Yeah, with a bunny as a pet, and that's it. And that's it. (laughs) A pet rabbit. A pet rabbit. Beautiful. what i want because they have i feel like rabbits can have kind they're kind of like cat and dog energy yeah you have to like keep a litter box for them but they're i don't know they i I feel like they destroy a lot of shit anna did you know i had a pet rabbit before i moved into that house (laughs) shut up she's like wait you don't know about that (laughs) yeah all right well megan has a lot of accolades to uh in addition to being my uh, former neighbor, but we'll go into that later. We just also, wanted to hop on. My main other accolade is that me and Anna share a Costco card. I believe that is part yeah. of it. Oh, <laughs> yes, I um, yeah. alas did not get that privilege <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Hurtful. Uh, well, because I oh yeah yeah yeah. Well no no no. So what happened? I put me and Megan were sharing the Costco membership, and then she renewed it, and she put me back on. And I All renewed right. it. No. I just renewed it again, Anna. So, are you serious? So have fun at your French Costco. <laughs> Costco. On me, on me, babe. <laughs> Vive la Costco. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, yeah. So we. This is our. This isn't the first episode to air after the new year, but it is our first episode recording after the new year. Um, so we just wanted to check in and see where everybody's at. Uh, and how our how our holidays went and how our new year is going. Um, I guess I'll go first. I'm doing shit. Uh, <laughs> I went to I went to Amsterdam for Christmas and that was really nice. I spent time with my friend and her family and um, they did feed me, Kayleen. That's they good. Fed me Amsterdam well. I think is different than Yeah, it's not quite Scandinavian. Yeah. Um, but then I got back and I got really ill and I spent the new years with a fever sleeping. Um, so it's just kind of been slowly coming out of that, making some bad decisions. Um, yeah, kind of just rolling with the punches here. Starting Uh, 2023 off with the bar real low. Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm fine with it. (laughs) I, I mean, honestly, whoever was like, yeah. I love the first week of January. (laughs) It was Julius Julius Caesar. (laughs) Well, and also, it's been really strange here. He got got what what was coming to him. And that's what you get for like in the first week of the year. Yeah. Yeah. For creating the calendar. 
It's been really hot here um, to the point where it's like kind of alarming. Like the trees are starting to bloom and the birds are singing. And like in Europe, like this is like the biggest heat wave they've ever had. So like a lot of the ski slopes aren't open. So it's been nice to like go outside and, you know, you can sit and eat and things like this and like walk and run and go to the park comfortably. But it's also just like. I haven't had my heat on in the past two weeks and it's still really hot in my apartment. And I'm just like, yo, what is it going to be like in the summer? So now it's, um, I don't know, that's a fun little elephant in the room. But yeah, that's that's how I'm doing. Yeah, I um, took the first week of the year off um, of work uh, because I didn't get to... um, I didn't really get to take off around the holidays too much because I had events, and then but then I um, uh, booked a, a trip. Basically, I went out by myself into the woods <laughs> for like four days um, and had nice. a little tiny house cabin um, in uh, the a national forest in Mississippi. Tell our listeners the name because I it's think called, it can be useful. Um, it's a company called Getaway. And they ha- they set up these, like, campsites within, like, a two- to three-hour drive of most major cities. Um, mm. They have a, a number of them in the south. They have some in California, a lot of them up north. Um, I thought it was very thoughtfully designed, and it's ideal for, like, someone who wants to get away from the city and maybe, like, spend time in nature but doesn't necessarily have, like, the experience or the equipment and supplies or even the energy to like rough it because like camping takes a lot of like you've got to like mm-hmm. invest in a lot of stuff to make camping mm-hmm. an enjoyable experience um or even not even enjoyable just not completely miserable right <laughs> um so this was great it was like they have all these like they had 40 cabins which were basically tiny house trailers that they had converted into like basically little studios um, there were 40 of them over 250 acres. So mm. there was, and there were nature paths, which I didn't get to explore too much because the weather was a little eh. Um, like they were too, like it rained a lot and it, they were just like too muddy, even when the weather was nice to really like go down comfortably or safely. Safely, I didn't have the right shoes. Um, but I got to like, it had every, it had its own fire pit and like um, had a little kitchenette. And yeah, I just read books and journaled and meditated and disconnected, and it was fucking great. Tell them about like... your rule about the song. Oh yeah, I had I had a few rules that I set. Um, not a lot. I had like I set like three rules and then a few other like ideal expectations. But one of the rule, what I start every day, start and end every day with a meditation, and then um, I would only listen to um i would only listen to new music that was totally new to me or that or listening to or mantras and meditation music that way you don't like you have emotional attachments to songs like Mm -hmm. i wanted to create and i wanted to have like music that i associated with the trip that's a good one yeah and then my other rule was just like not to use my phone for anything but like music or weather which was I was not mm-hmm. as disconnected. I really would have preferred if I had no service. Yeah. The temptation mm-hmm. wouldn't have been there. It was a little. There the was first... like a lockbox, right? Yeah. The f- But the first day that I was there, the first full day, there were like tornado warning, like tornado watches. So I felt like I needed to like be connected to yeah. the weather, like just for safety and like 
So it kind of just set that off on like a weird. Gotcha. I don't know. I'm gonna. I, I'm definitely gonna be booking another. I I I feel like I will want to do this like multiple times a year, and they have yeah, a rewards let's, uh, program. Let's, let's get get getaway. Yeah, Speak sponsor me getaway. Baby. Hashtag getaway. Uh, yeah. Hashtag getaway getaway. <laughs> uh, uh, seven. Yeah. Every seven nights you book with them, you get a night free. So. Oh, that's cool. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Really strongly recommend. What's up with you, Megan? I'm just when the holidays come around, I go in full hermit mode. When it the the respectable, yeah, it's winter, it's cold. I just I don't want to put effort into anything. I don't really even want to talk to people. I mean, and I do. I get out, but like at the most part, I'm just like I'm just phoning it all in. This is my downtime. I'm very much trying live live. With the seasons, you know, live with the cycle and just, like, really just, like, clock out. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm, d- I'm just... So do you not do, like, family stuff? No, I do or... a lot of family stuff. <laughs> but you show up as a shell of yourself. Yeah. And we... It was... <laughs> I'm like, you're getting level one, Megan, and that's really just... And you're welcome for that. And yeah. so my, we hosted, me and my sister hosted my mom and my grandma coming in and it was so mm. lovely and it was so chill because it's like, they didn't come in and be like, oh, we need to see the sights of Huntsville, which they lived in for like several years. They like came in and were like, okay, we're just like really going to chill and watch a lot of like holiday movies and like maybe we'll go see like lights a few times. It was very like low energy and they're not people who I need to entertain like and uh-huh. of course it's like it's a huge difference yeah i'm just like i'm like oh you're bored like your problem it's not like a regular yeah. guest where it's like okay like what are we gonna do next and also like with regular guests i also like i love hosting and showing people around and so i'm like uh, if someone comes in i'm like this is our itinerary this is what we're doing you know we don't have to do all of it but like this is what i have planned and i want you to really experience it and so with them i'm just kind of like Right, we're chilling and i also like yeah. worked i didn't get like all off during the whole holidays um so that was also like there but during that time i was like to myself i was like you know what like this new week next week i'm really not gonna put in my full energy and just like hope that things fall into place and mm-hmm. um because f- for the listeners i'm a reporter and yeah. And these are also like the hardest times of our job because Hang on, tell tell us what kind of reporter that could mean a lot like of TV. <laughs> I'm a TV reporter. And and like people don't pick up the phone during these weeks no. either. And remember last year I was just like miserable. I'm like things aren't going well. Like this sucks, like whatever. And so this year I was just like I was like, okay, I got to let go because people are not going to answer. I'm going to figure it out. But like I had stories every day and they were executed and got it done. So I'm like, all right. We did yeah. it. We're good. And I'm going to go home so like and a, watch a, my movies. Like a, a local newscaster. Yeah, I'm a Is local TV yeah. newscaster. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, cool. And how's your, how's like the first week of the new year go treating you? It's good. It's really chill. We got like um, a little bit of a heat wave. And so that's, that kind of like goes against my plans to be a hermit for the rest of the season. It really gets me yeah. outside, but um, it's really nice. And I think. I think the winter's the cold weather's coming back, so I'll get to come back into my little shell. Yeah, and, be cozy again. Yeah, great. Yeah, we're coming off of a full moon in Cancer, and we have two Cancers in the I house. I know we're, so. we're really thriving. Yes, I hated it. I fucking hated <laughs> oh, I, that. No, I went. Yeah, I didn't. Last night was the first 
Mardi Gras carnival parade of the season. I did not go out. <laughs> it was jo- really? It was the Joan of Arc parade, which I historically don't really go out for, so it's not a big deal. Right. But I did I did get king cake. I got um, a little mini I, king cake. Hang on. Oh, go. Yeah. Please. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was just going to say, I love that you referred to things that you do in your past as, historically, I don't usually do this. <laughs> Like, I want to start talking about myself like that. Well, like you, historically, not a fan. Historically, I have not gone to the Joan of Arc parade. It's true. <laughs> it's a thing that happens every year. And for the years that I've lived here, I've never gone. In my own personal history book, it has yes. not happened. In the, in the Chronicles of Kayleen. The lore. The lore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness but yes beautiful happy right. king cake season to everyone happy king cake it's um what do they call it here um galette galette uh, yeah galette. Galette. and you wear galette. like a crown galette de roy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. you had a little bean in there instead of a baby yeah and you wear like a king crown cool so, yeah yeah love it it's, we right. look at that look at us Look at everybody. Culture. We're all in king cake. Culture. Baby. All right. <laughs> Season of carbs. All right. Is it terror? We're coming off a chariot. No, we're coming off the devil. Oh. Because we recorded out of order, baby. Um, the cards we have pulled for this season have been the tower, followed by the chariot, followed by the devil. <laughs> So we're all going through it, y'all. Um, we'll see what does. Uh, we are just coming off of a Cancer full moon. We are in deep Capricorn season. Um, we have just completed Twelfth Night, which officially is the end of the Christmas holiday season. Oh, I just had a bunch of cards fall out. So we'll just say that's tarot time, baby. Tarot time. Ah, we have the Queen of Swords. <gasps> Oh. I pulled this card. I was like, yeah. I pulled the card. No, no, no. I pulled it for the podcast. I was like, what is, because sometimes I just pull things for stupid things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to pull a card. Like, what's the vibe of the podcast? Look, bitch. Queen, Queen of, of Swords. swords. Ah! Queen of Swords is a master of her words, and she speaks truth, and she knows the power of clarity. So, wow. yes. Are you that raising sounds like hand? a journalist right there. Hello. Hi. Hello. Yes. Hello. Historically Sword. speaking, Megan shows some of these. Well, and in this deck, it's called um, Swords Are the Suit of Swords is the it's voices. So she's the queen of voices. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She is. Re- it's really about like. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Swords, especially the suit, like the like the royal cards and swords, always show up for like a, around truth and clarity. I think, and about the evolution of knowing when to use that, you know, because truth and your words and how you communicate can be a force for good, but they can also be a weapon. So, like a sword can cut both ways. Uh, so, yeah, this is all about like recognizing your power and discerning like being uh sharp being observant and knowing when to uh use your words to your advantage and to get what you need and what I you would want. also say I think the queen she's a word queen really likes to cut people off oh yeah <laughs> she's she yeah, yeah she's the warrior queen 
Like, mm-hmm. she is the one who takes action. She's not afraid to... Um, yeah, she is the... I feel of all of the queens in the tarot, she is the one to fear. Mm-hmm. I like her, though. I mean, I, I, I do, like too. sometimes the page can be a little... Yeah, Wiley. the page the the page of swords has fuck boy has fuck boy energy. I like the and, knight can be like, the, oh, no, maybe I didn't need to cut that. I don't know. The, the queen, knight, like, the mm. knight represents like a very much like, uh, no think only do. the The knight is very um is too spontaneous. The um the queen though, I feel like she's just like you know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You, you know. Do I God, really have right to tell after you? oh my gosh, right after the devil. That is uh-huh. so good. What yeah, did she's the like, devil show she's you? Ta- she's telling you to fucking cut those chains. Mm. Yeah. You this have is power. a very good the, narrative. The story of the season is very interesting. So yeah. yeah. Um what what ties do you need to cut, listeners? hmm What heads should you chop? Yes. Heads will roll. <laughs> Get the bodies at the flow. All right, so let's let's hop on in to the main dish. Set the table. We are serving the main dish. Shall we? Let's. Um, let's. So we have a guest with us today that we briefly mentioned. We all met. I I mean, I met Megan in COVID. Like the beginning, Hope that's times. we became friends. We shared a backyard, yeah, um, uh-huh. and just kind of isolated together and drank tea and played cards. You guys um, uh, dyed her hair. You dyed yeah, Anna's hair. Yeah, did that happen? Who's? Yeah, dyed her. Your, did you dye my hair? Yeah, you're. I, they dyed your hair orange. Really? I, the, I don't know who did it. The like Probably you were like I'm going over to the girl. I'm going over to the girl <laughs> next girls next door, and we're gonna they're gonna dye my hair, and I just okay. All did right. they? Uh, yeah, they did dye it. Um, anyway, but we're here to talk about a uh, film that Megan uh-huh. co-directed. Cans. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to speak a little bit before we get in the film about you as and your journey in like as like in journalism? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you're you're a you're a, a newscaster, but you also made like are a filmmaker. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. It's just a lot of me around cameras. Um, Yes. So I guess I'll just start, like, I was in college and, you know, I was doing a lot of, like, nonprofit work, thought I was going to go into, like, nonprofits or law or something. Um, And then a friend of mine um, was an editor for the newspaper at Tulane. I was at Tulane. Roll Wave. And they were like, hey, you should just, like, write... We were just talking about something and they were like, it was about like Steven Universe, the cartoon TV uh-huh. show. And they were like, you should just write something like that for the hullabaloo. And I was like, I was like, okay. And I just had such a good time writing it. And it was for kind of, um, it was for a different section. And then I got into, I was like, oh, maybe I could report the news. So I started writing for the news section of the hullabaloo. I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, this is fun and interesting. I was like could just research a variety of topics. I could just talk to people about things that they're interested in, things that they are, that they know a lot about. And I was like, oh, this is, seems... And on a, coll- on a college campus, you can get really juicy about it, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> you just run with it. <laughs> yeah. And so I started doing that. I was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. But, like, to get into journalism professionally, it's, like, hard. And so this was, like, this was, like, I started doing that at the end of my junior year. 
And then my senior year, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Maybe this is something that I want to pursue. So I started applying to internships and I was like, mainly like paper want paper internships. And then I was like, you know what? I mean, there are TV news stations. Maybe I could just apply to one of those. So I applied to WDSU, the NBC affiliate in New Orleans, and they accepted me. And so my mm. very last um, semester of college, I did that as an internship. And I was like, this is really engaging. This is so cool. This is so fun. And and it wasn't that wasn't really something that I felt at my internships before um, at, or just like jobs that I had at nonprofits. Mm-hmm. It just like really didn't tickle that tickle that itch. It's that, you know. And yeah, scratch, <laughs> scratch the that itch. Thank scratch. you. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, and, and also I have ADHD and like working in broadcast news was a really good fit because you do, it's like so fast paced and you do a lot of different things. So like, there's no time to get bored with one thing because you're on to the next thing and you got to get it done. You got to go. And so it just like, yeah, that makes my brain feel yeah, good. It just yeah. like checks a lot of boxes. Um, and and so I did that internship and I was like, okay, cool. But at that time I was already just like applying for jobs that I were already in my field. And I got accepted into this like service year program called Avodot in New Orleans. And it's like this Jewish service year where you live with like 10 other people and you guys are all working at different nonprofits. It's very sort obviously service oriented and communal living, all that stuff. And I ended up at the nonprofit called Novak, which is this fantastic organization in New Orleans that really does a lot of like workshops for filmmakers and and like has a lot of resources. You can like literally like rent equipment that's really like affordable and just Yeah, like, it's like a studio. Yeah, it's like a studio and it's kind of like a studio. But yeah, so they have equipment and they just have like people that know a lot of things. Um and and so I was working there and it was like very, very cool. It was very interesting, like this intro into filmmaking that I didn't really know much about. And that's when I met uh, Matt Nadell, who was ended up being my co-director for the film Cans Can't Stand. And this is where we we were working together on projects at Novak, um, you know, stuff about like public defenders around the state, things like that. And then we also came across Wendy Cooper's case. So Wendy Cooper is this trans black woman in New Orleans. And she was arrested a couple times for this law called Crimes Against Nature by Solicitation. And it's just this crazy story that it's just like you you hear about it and you're like, what? What is that? And so basically this law is you can be arrested. Um, They say like you're soliciting, like you are a sex worker and we could just arrest you. But the first time she was arrested, she was not doing any kind of sex work. She was literally just, like, talking to a police officer. But he was able to just arrest her and take her to jail. And wow. and for Cans, it's a felony law at the time. It was a felony law. But there was also prostitution, which was a misdemeanor. But so what they were doing is Cans was, like, for anal sex and oral sex when prostitution was for, like, P and V sex. So hmm. it was just, like... It was this way to put, like, queer people in prison and just saying, like, she had the intent to do this, essentially. And so she threw it. And, like... Not even that she did it or was doing it. She just, like... But the intent to do something is a felony. It was, like, (laughs) they had no... It was, like, she was literally just, like, black and trans walking on the corner and she got arrested. 
And so she... And then you get a felony on your record, and then what do you do? Like, you can't get jobs, and, like, you're already, like, a trans person who, like, people don't want to hire you. And then on top of that, now you have a felony record. And so it just, like, spiraled out of control. And then... So this... The the film that we made is kind of, like, the measures that have been taken to kind of get justice for them. And also, like, this is a law that's still on the books, so the impact that it still has on people today. So... That's Cans Can't Stand. Um, and so we started that at Novak. And it took us a couple of years to finish because, like, also we ran into the pandemic. We ran into, like, just living life and, like, fi- having to have having jobs. Having to have jobs. Like- and, like, I don't know if you've heard, but documentary film <laughs> does not pay too much. So, right. Um, so, anyway, after I worked at Novak, I started working as an associate producer at WDSU, the place that I originally interned for. Um, and then I worked there for two years and then came here to Huntsville to be an on-air reporter at WAFF. So, that's that's me, prof- professionally. Ex- excellent. So, yeah, I guess um, let's dive into the film. Yeah. What was... So, you said you discovered the case while you were working at Novak. What, like, did you know immediately that this is something you wanted to, like, dive further into? Or, like, what was... Can, hang on. Can like, I take a step back? How did you, di- like, were they just working... How did you just, like, how did you find it there? Are they just having all these different projects going? Like, I, I guess that's my my question if you can answer both of them but I want to know the how and then the what I guess yeah Yeah. so it was it was separate so we were working on just these separate projects for they had um like a social like um a you know prison industrial complex just like stories on that in New Orleans and Louisiana so we were doing stuff on that and then separately uh, a couple people from the office went to this art exhibit at Newcomb at Tulane and it was about incarcerated or formerly incarcerated women in New Orleans. And and Wendy was one of the people in the exhibit. And okay. yeah. And so that's where we kind of were like, hey. And one of our coworkers, yeah. Gigi Glenn, who's also just like a fantastic um, cinematographer and like a huge mentor of mine. Uh, she was like, this would make a great story. Um so that was kind of where that jumped off from. And, and like, and we met, we met with Wendy. We were like, hey, like, are you interested in doing this? And she was like, yeah. Like, we talked to her for, like, two hours. And she's, it was just, like, such a compelling story. And, and she was just, like, well, such yeah, a fantastic person. You hear, you hear, like, just the bare bones of it. And you're like, that's ridiculous. And I had no idea. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you, like, meet her in person. And you're like, you're like, damn, like, this is... It's, and you put a face to all of this and you're like, you're like, wow, you're like just this really nice, chill person who like doesn't deserve any of this and it just sucks. And yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's life altering. Yeah. And for some mm-hmm. people it could, for most people, life ruining. Right. Like mm-hmm. exactly. It, it, it completely alters the course of your life yeah. for something that you didn't even necessarily do nor should should anyone even who was doing it be punished to that like punished at all in my opinion but definitely not punished to that level (laughs) right um 
So yeah, I get. So what was the process like? So you have the idea. You 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 find Wendy. You talk to her. She agrees. What what then? What does the process of like beginning a documentary look like? Yeah. So I I had my fantastic Matt Nadell also produced the film and. Uh-huh. And what it just looks like is like how you get like a bunch of people at one place at one time and just like with the right equipment. <laughs> yeah, with the right equipment. <laughs> and so it's like and because we worked at Novak and we worked, we had um a consulting producer, Darcy McKinnon. She's kind of like the producer of New Orleans film. Like if you see any project in New Orleans these days, she's like at first she was the um she was the executive director of Novak, but now she's a full time producer. Uh-huh. So it's like if you see these days, if you, like, see a project from New Orleans, like, Darcy, her Darcy, like, it. her name's on it, or she probably, like, touched it in some way. Like, it's a very small, intimate community. And um, so, yeah, she's fantastic. And so Novak really helped us, like, find the people we needed to find, connect us to the people we needed to connect us to. And then Matt was a, Matt, like, really helped make sure to get everyone to the right place and like with the right equipment and getting us all there um and yeah and there was actually and then we also back at when I was your neighbor Kaylee we would have like training sessions I would bring some of my friends in to teach them how to like run audio catch audio and run all those levels because it was like we were running on like no money like you know it's hard to get people in and and like that's also like a challenge of New Orleans has, like, more and more of a robust, like, filmmaking community. But a lot of places, especially in the South, and, like, that's something that I'm dealing with now in Huntsville, that's just kind of, like, okay, like, maybe I want to do this project, but, like, I need, like, a person for this and a person for that, and and I need equipment, and it's, like, I can't, like, find someone off the street as easy as I could in New Orleans. Yeah, well, that may, I mean, I guess that anyone who would go through that training and get that expertise would immediately as soon as they had it flee for a bigger city yeah absolutely like, yeah you gotta go where the work is <laughs> yeah, yeah you gotta go yeah, yeah. Or go go to atlanta or new orleans yeah. or like somewhere that has a big like of a, 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 the film industry has it's like claws in yeah um yeah so we okay so we make we make how how long did it take to film Oof. let's see we started in 2019. We did a lot of the filming that next year. And so by the pan- when the pandemic hit, we had most of our filming done. We had one more oh, interview to do. Oh, I didn't do. realize. Okay. Yeah, we had oh, most okay, of our production cool. done, thankfully, by the time that, that the pandemic hit. Um, and then we did one more interview. And it was like a second interview with Wendy Cooper. And... We did it outdoors because of the pandemic. Um, And so when you watch the film, you'll be like, oh, this is such a pretty shot. Like, but it had and it happened to be like where near where she was arrested. And we like found a reason for her to be outside. But it's like (laughs) it's like it was just kind of a circumstance of the pandemic. Like Mm -hmm. she just had to be outside for us to feel the safest. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about the legs. This uh this project grew because it definitely grew some yeah. freaking legs that like how long sash- did like sashayed ed- around the world <laughs> yeah i guess i guess before that like how long did post-production take did you like 
was editing like a whole process or was it once that like it was all it was a it was a whole process because initially I wanted to edit it like I wanted to kind of play that role as editor but on it but like my I just could I just like at that point in my life I was working a lot I was working overnights and I was just like oh god I remember yeah that was also the year where we had uh, like eight times in the cone of uncertainty for hurricanes yes which I remember you were just, like, always at the new studio was, because, like, it was an all-hands-on-deck kind of thing if we were, if there was maybe a hurricane coming our Yeah, way. I, I will, we can have a little sidebar real quick on hurricane eh. coverage when you work in TV news because it is so brutal and maybe scarred me a little bit, especially that year. You'll, you'll if yeah. you look back, 2020 was, like, a, a record-breaking year for hurricanes. And so when you work in TV news, at least for our station, we would have 12 on, 12 off. So you work for 12 hours, you're off for 12 hours, and you're back on for 12 hours. And, like, sometimes they'll put you in a hotel because, like, especially in New Orleans, like, floods come like that. And so it's like, can you even drive to the station? And especially where we lived, Kayleen, like, yeah. it was flood, flood city. Like, you were, there was just no... Our block was good, but you couldn't get right, out. Right, you couldn't like, get to the main street. Yeah. And so it's like, sometimes they'll yeah. put you up in a hotel, which was not. I mean, it wasn't like the Ritz, but it was nice. And it's just like this intense, because it's like, if you're, if you're like expecting a hurricane, like, you're anxious. And you're like, okay, like, let me do something relaxing to get away from it. When you're at work covering a hurricane, you're focused completely on the hurricane for 12 hours. Like, it's just And then you also can't take care of your own... So much about Hurricane is prep, too. Like, when you live... Like, you you don't really have the time or energy to take care of your... The business you need to take care of to get ready for a potential Mm -hmm. natural disaster. Yeah, Yeah, my anxiety has never been that high since that time. Because it would literally be a week of hurricane coverage and then a week off. And then guess what? The next week, we had another hurricane coming. And so it was just, like... It was entirely so brutal anyway I had overexerted myself and it just came to a point where I was just like I was like okay like right now in my life I just cannot edit this thing so we found an editor um and and like that went on for a couple months where it was just like we weren't really getting the results that we wanted there wasn't a timeline that we wanted um and so that was like a process of like of like finding the right people for your team and a really big learning process. And so then we found, we ended up going with, we like kind of got to the end of our timeline with that. And we decided to go with a different editor. And so we went with another editor. His name is Will Mayo. He's fantastic. It was, this documentary was actually like the first documentary he'd done. He usually does narrative fiction projects. And, and I was like a little bit skeptical. I was like, okay, like, like editing documentary is wildly different from editing narrative films because like you have a like script that you follow you you know you can make creative decision in that it's like a lin- the story is already made with documentary documentary editors like craft the, the story, story themselves yeah. like we tell them like the things that we want and we like we like tell them like the important parts we tell them like the stuff that we have and we go over like a story together but like a part of a documentary editor's job is to create the art, create the story. And that's, that's pretty hard. But like he, that's what they say. The document, the documentary is made in the editing room. Uh, yeah. Like absolutely. you could, the yeah. doc, you that just kind of shoot and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> and then it's like, hope, I, made hope I'm getting, room. I hope I'm getting everything I need. Yeah. 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 And so, and he did a, he did a great job. I mean, it shows just like by how people are receiving the film that like, 
<laughs> he can he can do documentary. Um, but and he was like also just like so many people were so generous with um uh, like how much they were willing to work for um because they knew we weren't working for a lot of money. They weren't we weren't working with a lot of money, but they knew that they were like this project is really important. This is really powerful. It's really impactful. And so they would like help us out on like just like cut us some deals and so that was just like really kind and also like speaks to the community in new orleans i mean y'all know that it's mm-hmm. like people are always looking out for each other they're always helping each other out and they just like people in new orleans like care they like give a shit about each other uh and yeah it's a good way to put it. is an important value yeah, community is so important and and i just think that just speaks to really the beauty of the new orleans community it's just it's just freaking fantastic you know yeah nothing like it yeah yeah so then, yeah, so then the film is edited, it's, like, done, and then, dun, yeah, dun, like Anna dun, said, dun, 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 what, dun, uh, <laughs> at, at what point, yeah, what, what was the next step after that? So the next step, we finish it up when we're like, okay, it's time to apply for our festival run. And the first, I believe it was our first acceptance, was we got into the Cannes Film Festival in their American Yay! Pavilion. Yeah. And I remember, I don't... Yeah, right out the gate, yeah. the biggest fucking, most prestigious film yeah. festival funny. in the world. Cannes can't stand. Cannes. Yeah. In, at Cannes. <laughs> yeah, so it was meant to be. I mean, that's why we named it that, so we would get into the Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> Um, but yeah it was unreal I remember I was like in a meeting or like on a call or something and and Matt he's the producer he was like applying to all the festivals and stuff and he was like Megan like we got into the Cannes Film Festival he like texted me in that huge caps and I was like I, I like was stopped in my tracks whatever I was doing and I was just like uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it was just like unreal. a joke yeah <laughs> what a prank what a prank and I was like what do you mean and so it's not okay I just want to clarify like yeah Canada, Canada Film Festival but it's like in the American film American Pavilion and and like uh-huh. in the Emerging Filmmaker Showcase and the LGBTQ um category cool. so yeah incredible thank you and it was just like it was so, so we i went me and so Matt you got went. you got to go to, we france. Got to go to france you got to go to france we went to Cannes, and it was just it was entirely so surreal like it was beautiful it was like the american pavilion was right on the beach and there were like celebs coming through um and so it was just, yeah did you get did you meet florence Pugh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're it was peers a very tumultuous now, time we're peers it was a very, it was a very tumultuous time for I know. her. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was crazy. Jamie Foxx came for the came through the pavilion at some point. Um, there was a guy I can't remember his name, but I'm like a huge fan. He was like, in he's like this old the older guy in Zombie Land. He's like he's like a real country vibe. What's his name? Rob Zombie? No, in Zombie Land. No. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I'm visualizing back. him. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up. Um, but yeah. he came through the pavilion too at some point. Um, I don't think either of them saw the film, but like, you know, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson thank you. Um, yeah. So yeah, they were like that's a coming good name. through. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a celebrity's name. Um, yeah, we're a porn star. <laughs> potato, potato. 
But yeah, were you able to make good connections off of that exposure? Did it go to any other festivals, or were you just like, we we got <laughs> it, guys? That's it. This is all we need. This is all we need. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it had a really long festival run. It was really fantastic. Um, uh, other other notable film festivals we were at: um, Outfest, Hot Springs Documentary Film Festival in Arkansas. Um, it's like all such a blur out on film in Atlanta. Um, I want to remember there's this one film festival. It was the last one I went to so far and it is in North Carolina, like outside of Durham. And it was like really highlighting. Oh, the new Orleans film festival, of course, but the one in Durham is like Southern films. And it was like, it was ended up being like all short films and they just like, it was a really small film festival, but they really, like, treated the filmmakers right. They gave us gift cards. They had a little lounge room for us. It was just, like, really cute, and it was just really prioritizing Southern films, like the New Orleans Film Fest did, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fantastic. That was... Megan's been, like, literally every week, every weekend. I'm like, where are you going, babe? Where are you going to go? Like, it's literally been, festival. like, every other weekend. Yeah. Like, not, it, like it literally. you've been traveling so much for this. I was traveling so yeah. much, and so that also contributes to my hermit season where it's like all right like I've done a lot I just need to like chill out for five minutes uh, but yeah it was like every weekend I was going to all these places because we also like prioritized southeast film festivals um because we love southern mm-hmm. filmmakers we you know easy for me to travel to if I wanted to hop in the car and go somewhere and I have like I have people across the southeast like I I, I like maybe paid for a hotel once and that was at in Arkansas, but otherwise, like, I had friends some places. And also something that, that, like, you don't realize is, like, okay, you have this, like, crappy budget for, like, a film, you get through that, and then you have to, like, go to these film festivals, you know, meet cool people and do all these things, but, like, you have to cover all the expenses for the film festivals yourself. So that's, and, like, like, you have to pay to apply, too. And that's you have to pay to apply. I don't apply. know if a lot of people know. Yeah, you are you don't have a studio, like, back. Exactly, like, we don't have Netflix to put that you. in our budget of, like, flight and hotels. <laughs> like, it's, like, you have to really be scrappy about it. And Matt was actually able to, to um, he applied for a grant, like, back, like, in the fall to cover expenses of, like, flights and housing and stuff like that, nice. which was... Which helped a lot and, like, let me be able to go there, especially, like, I don't get a lot of time off from my job, but I still wanted to, like, have this experience. And so that made it able to, like, may- be able to take a flight to go somewhere and not have to take, like, a whole day off. So that was really... Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think people, like, realize that there are these barriers here of, like, having to cover all of these costs yourselves or, like, having to put all this... If you're working like having to put all the time into applying to more grants like yeah like it's just you like, really have to have like faith in your vision yeah and like believe in your project yeah. that like it's worth putting all of this on the line for right like personally um in the hopes that it'll pay off right so i know we can't we can't really talk about what's happening next for the film yeah it's exciting it's exciting. But it is exciting. <laughs> God, don't you just hate that when you're, like, listening to something or, like, you see somebody's story, they're like, guys, I'm not allowed to say anything, but big <laughs> does... news is on the way. I know. But it does sound like people will be able to see this film. Soon. 
you know, <laughs> outside of the film festival yeah, circuit. Yeah, soon. thankfully. Yeah. Um, Is the, yeah. I also feel, um, I feel so pretentious where it's like, stay tuned, I have news around the corner. Like, I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah. that's so annoying. Current, you said the that's, current. That's, that's uh, our brand. Megan, oh, yeah. be gay, be annoying. This is yeah. America, baby. That's like be what annoying. you do. Yeah, I'm be obnoxious. The most annoying brat. Yeah. God bless. God bless. Um, and that, but yeah, well, you'll, it sounds like uh, you said around February 1st, you'll be able to share more news yes. about the film's future, which sounds amazing. I can't wait to watch yeah. it. I'm excited for. Are y'all gonna do like a premiere or anything? Is have you talked about that? Oh, like uh, maybe we should. Maybe I'll do like I don't know. Like yeah, probably. If should. you want to do yeah. yeah, if you want to do something in New Orleans, let me know. I'm I work in events. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know for sure. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see. I mean, it sounds like especially like you guys. You guys deserve to have some accolades for your. All your hard work, and it's, and it, yeah. it'd probably be really nice for um, Wendy to get her flowers publicly as well, you know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And yeah. she's been doing this work for so long, and me and Matt talk, because we're just, like, we're in awe of, like, the, the like... Yeah, get some count, get some council members in that screening room. Oh, we... Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's... This is brings me to something that's pretty yeah. exciting. So, um, we had a screening of the film back in, like, June... In July, in New Orleans, and... Uh-huh. And we invited, like, because there's a couple of lawmakers who are in the film, so we, like, invited them, invited their people, but the only person who came, the only person who responded was someone who wasn't even in the film. His name is Roy Duplessis, and he just won his election, uh-huh. and he yep. he said, he was like, he we had, like, a whole portion, we were, like, really deciding, we were like, we were like, we want to hold these council, the, not the council, we want to hold, like, lawmakers accountable that lawmakers. were in the film, that were, like, talking all this stuff. And so it's like, how do we have them in this event? But it's like, we didn't want to have them mic up and have them have their talking points. We wanted to like keep it centered on Wendy and Milan Sherry, who's in the film. And also just like mm-hmm. an amazing activist in New Orleans. I'm sure you know her, Kayleen. Um, House of Tulip, I think. Yeah, yeah, she's one of the founders of House yeah. of Tulip yeah. as well. And, um, and, um, God, what was I saying? lawmakers oh, yeah. and, and so them so we ended up we were like we don't want them to just like get up there distract from us and like have their talking points but like we do want to be like hold them accountable and so like we got to like the portion and he was like he was like what can i do like what do you want me to do and wendy's like write us a bill like write a bill and he was like he was like yeah. i'll do that like i will do that like we'll work with you because right now cams is a misdemeanor but it's still on the books like so it's been de-escalated mm-hmm, but it's still on the books so it's yeah. still like on people's records like um like wendy i believe she's talked about she wants to be a nurse and so like it is expunged but like if you still like look deep into her stuff like it's still you could still find it so it's like she can't get a job as a nurse because it's like down deep in there even though it's expunged and she's like had a huge career and and like and like there's proof that she's like working against it. this law is unjust and just all these things so that's what they really want they want the law of the books um mm-hmm. so that's really the next step for this film and we hope that we can make it happen um we hope mr duplessis can help us out um so we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that that's amazing okay. i mean i think it's so interesting to see 
what the drivers of social and policy change have been. And I would say social media is a big one. And then documentary is like right there, which I feel like is I I wouldn't have put that, you know, in my like 21st century bingo card that like documentary would have yeah. such a strong. I feel like because I mean, I think like with. With Netflix, there's like, so much more accessibility, and with YouTube as well, like mm-hmm. so much more accessibility to these documentaries and these like independent films. Well, documentaries are like sometimes the quickest way to learn about something really mm-hmm. niche that you like, and also like there's also this fascination too with like true crime mm-hmm. and like, um, and all that that is really like, so people are watching more and more documentaries because there's it's this like window into the world or into a life that you that's completely different to you but it's easy to like consume in a Mm bite-sized way Um, and then and then walk away and feel like you learned something yeah um so yeah really interesting very exciting very excited to see the continued journey of the film yeah Um, it's got some legs for sure that are gonna yeah it's walking it's walking. It's, I think I I would say it do is have, running. It is running. Do I say? Do you have your eye? Yeah. Do you have your eyes on any other? Are you working on any other projects, or is this taking up like all of your time still? No. So that's that's kind of what I'm working on right now is kind of figuring out my next project. So I'm I I am working on one um, that's a little different for me. It's more of like I Ooh. have like. One of my best friends is a poet and another one is an animator. And so I was like, I was like, why don't we just like get together for a little creative time and we'll just like make a little film, like just like a little um, kind of like visual poem. So that's something oh, I'm working on nice. with them. Cute. Yeah. And so, but also like here in Huntsville, I'm trying to figure out what my next documentary project will be. Because I also, one of my best friends here, she also works in news. She has like, she was like a big doc filmmaker in college and so we're trying to figure out our project um i have an idea but like the thing about wendy's story and about cans can't stand is that the vision was so clear like it's kind of like this is something that is clearly unjust like you have a very compelling character and so it's just like kind of all like all Mm -hmm. the recipe to like make something that's impactful and just a really good film and you know i don't want to sound like crass or like or like distant from the project, but it is like, you want to make a compelling film. And, and that's what makes some, makes like documentaries powerful uh, and important. And so I'm just like, I want to make something that's like clear, just like her story was. So that's kind of what I'm struggling with now, because a lot of these like systemic issues can be like very conceptual. And so right now I'm trying to find like, Something that is just very clear. And, and we're, su- we're such like a character-based society. And I feel like exactly. a really good example of that is uh, like Tiger King. Like if you would have yeah. told us that like we would all be obsessed with this man, we wouldn't mm-hmm. believe it. But like charisma and personality <laughs> can go so fucking far. Exactly. You're just really like, can. I could just watch this person talk about nothing. And it's just entertaining and compelling. So I I definitely see... I see, you know, the vision and yeah, thank you for doing what you're doing and continue yeah, to run with best. it. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shall we hop on into a bro book review? Yes, indeed. Bro book reviews. I read a bro book every week so you don't have to. 
Educate us. So this is a good one, you guys. I like it. Um, it's called okay. Feel, the, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers, PhD. The phenomenal classic that changed the lives of millions. Dynamic techniques for turning fear, indecision, and anger into power, action, and love. And again, right. this isn't anything that is like revolutionary by any <laughs> means, but um, it's still really good. And I feel like for me, I feel like this is kind of the self-talk that I give to myself. Um, I don't know how people talk to themselves because I'm not them. But for me, I think I can lean more on like uh, rough, I guess, um, where I'm just like, ah, stop it stop stop your whining it's like my dad's voice or some shit it's Mm. like stop your whining just fucking do it and that's kind of she's more like that it's definitely more like it's it's not super fluffy it's just kind of like tough love yeah it's just kind of like take small steps to like yeah you can sit here and complain and feel sorry for yourself or you can like do something every day and it's just i mean what we always talk about how like creation is what is always like feeding you and making you become a different person. So the more you can actually like do the things that you want to do or you set out to do, um, it can like set you on a completely different path without having to like really think that much about it. It's very like, it's very action based. It's just like she kind of, I, I think it might be, let me see if I can find when it was like published. Cause I feel like that's always, you know what my f- yeah. my phone died. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it was pre-pandemic. I've heard of that book. I think it it seems like the rhetoric <clears throat> is even older. Like I would say if I were to guess it would be early 2000s, but let me uh 1987. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say yeah. like it, it definitely seems like some of the stuff you like you just wouldn't say. Uh, now because it's just a little like yeah you know one of the, our, o, our one lexicon, of the OG self-help our lexicon changes and it's by a woman so mm-hmm. if uh she's starting a cult good good for her good <laughs> get for it her. girl boss it up girl yeah Brene is shaking. I mean and think about yeah think about it too like she basically invented that phrase oh yeah that's a thing. Like, yeah, we say if that she all the said time. that in 1987, like that's a thing that people say all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, feel- good for her, girl boss. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I say it all the time because I. That's the thing. Like, I have a lot of fear. Like, I'm afraid of heights. Like, I really am more introverted. Like, I I, I do a lot of things that make me extremely uncomfortable all the time, and I am scared about it, but I just do it anyway. Like, I don't let my fear yeah. stop me. Because um, I think sometimes people think, like, oh, you must be fearless. I'm like, no. Like, I'm no, not at all. Bravery, yeah, bravery it doesn't isn't the absence of fear. It's the action. Yeah. So I feel like I resonate with this one a lot just because, like, because some people, I You're mean, we all brave. know people who really don't think about it, you know, and they don't, they're not very fearful or have, like, anxiety or something like that. And maybe I used to be like that, but now maybe not so much. But I definitely am here feeling the fear, dancing it out, and doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Talking to strangers. Wow. Yeah, Anna. <laughs> I, I really, I, I actually am really surprised to hear you talk about how, like, much fear you have. Like, that does surprise me. And this, like, inner yeah. critical parent that you have. Um, yeah. I didn't know that about you. 
And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Anna ma- Anna masks it with a lot of joy. God yes. bless. I think is also the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah but um, I mean, I think both can exist too. Um, yeah, totally. But yeah, I definitely like the other day. I I was telling Kayleen, I was like trying to find or both of y'all, but I'll say it on air. I was trying to find a dance studio. And like it was, it was the wrong name of the studio and the wrong address. And I had to ask two strangers where the dance studio in was in French. And I found it, but like, I didn't like it. I literally was like, maybe <laughs> I should go back. And I was like, no. Like, what else are you doing? Like, what else are you doing? And then I got there, and it was great. We I danced with like 80, 80 people in a basement in the Marais, and I realized i'm not that sexually attracted to men uh i was like oh that that's the thing that'll do it two hours of silent dancing and yeah i think i'm full lesbian at this point um also very stereotypical (laughs) for one month in france (laughs) i know i am my own cliche france turned Um, me gay gayer (laughs) yeah um all right kayleen uh all right it's your pluggy luggies yeah you can find me at swamp witch with four eyes there is if if you're hearing this on the day it airs there are like four more days where you could get a year ahead tarot reading from me i think i have like two slots left um in the last four days of this of the week um so if you want to get a year ahead tarot reading you can do that um, can't follow candles unincorporated for some announcements about some of uh, a market that we're going to be doing uh, later on in January. And yeah, that's uh, entrepreneurs.podcast or entrepreneurs.com. Um, sign up for our newsletter. Um, Megan, you want to give your plugs? Yeah. Where can people find you? You can find me on um, IG or Twitter at Megan Plotka. P as in Paul, L O T as in Tom K A. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah um, what about the, the film? film? Does the film have any it social has a media? Website. It's canscantstandfilm.com. Okay. And you can find updates. We'll be putting it out on all the socials, on the website. Um, please follow me, and you'll get some hot tips about local news in North Alabama, too, while you're at it. Great. <laughs> um,. Go ahead and follow me at thefake.guru on TikTok and Instagram, I would say, is where we're most uh, pop-a-loppin'. Uh, we're still got some coaching slots open for the Entrepreneurs podcast, so give us a, we have the application on the website, um, so go ahead. We have three and six months slots available. Um, as Megan pointed out, every Every gay has a more evil and gay person behind them. And me and Kayleen would love to be your more evil and gayer gays gay behind people, you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Making a vicious amount of money. It's like an angel and a devil on your shoulder, but they're both devils and they're both gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's so beautiful. Is that in the Bible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, Ancient text. And then, All right, beautiful people. Yeah. That's that's what we have. Have a gay day. Have a gay day. And a gay year.